Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Melissa of House Glukowski. It shames me to admit it, but I will take him any way I can get him. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded, and we have answered the call. Today we are covering The Fires of Heaven, Part 7, Chapters 48 through 51. As my friend, um, this is our first back to sort of basic uh, podcast here since we did one that was a live stream on YouTube. It was a lot of fun. Uh, because we were just talking about the trailer. So now that we're kind of back in form here, going to be talking about the books. Um, there's probably a lot of people maybe who, I don't know, didn't listen to that or are coming here. A lot of new people uh, trying to check this out. So I guess we should, I think we should kind of reintroduce a little bit here what it is we do since we obviously, as I know, we have a lot of new people uh, checking us out. So this is, we're a Wheel of Time podcast. We are going through the books. We will obviously be covering the show when it comes out. It is my first read of the series. So everything is, um, we're non-spoilers up to where we're at. Um, and Ezra has read the series how many times? Uh, I'd say at least, you know, two full reads. I've, I try to, I stretch it to three sometimes, but it depends. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun. So right now we're into the fires of heaven, which is book five of the uh, wheel of time and we've got plenty more books to go my friend <laughs> yeah we do and it's it has been um a ride already it's an adventure i love talking with our our patrons and and the, our folks who you know are are following along with us and some of them it's their first time some are looking for you know just that that to re-experience what it was like to read the series again and so through matt we get that just some of that live reaction uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So yes, non-spoilers. Now, if you go to the YouTube page, we do, um, since we are now up through book five, there are spoilers there up through book five, essentially. So that does happen. And we, we are adding back in a segment in our village council where we're going to be kind of explaining the wheel of time, picking like a topic could be Tirangrial, It could be Aes Sedai. It could be a specific Aja or a location and just kind of talking about it in general. 
And I think it's a, a cool thing, one, for us to, you know, we make YouTube videos out of those. And then it's just re-explaining and, and bringing back old material, rehashing it and uh, remembering where, where it fits into the story. Because in the spoiler edition, by the way, friends, Sir Ezra now has started the spoiler edition. I'm calling it uh, a memory of spoilers. And that is there for you on Apple Premium. It's also over on Patreon. I will do one after this episode. I don't even know which character it will be, but I'm going to pick one. And I'm just going to go off the cuff. We pull up the wiki and we just roll with that. Sometimes we do something more specific, um, uh, more researched, if you will. But those are a lot of fun. And that has been good for me because it's kind of stretching me as a, as a reader because I got to keep ahead. I got to remember what, where we're going, what we're seeing. And it's, it's a lot. 14 books is a lot, man. Hey man, it is. It is. It is. It is a lot of books, but it's it's an absolute ton of fun. So, all right. As well, uh, before we you know get going here, we do have um, you know some some things some things to say here. You know, and typically we try to make some jokes about this. Uh, and as who would you say if you had to pick one character who you yeah. think really could benefit from the product we're about to we're about to talk about? Well, I would say, especially if you guys watch the most recent Wheel of Time trailer, you will know that uh, this this little tool that we're about to describe could be used by the one and only Low Gain. He looked ridiculous in that trailer. I mean, unrecognizable. If you know the actor, like he looked unrecognizable, and he could definitely use this product, my friend. That's true, man. Because we, you know, attention to all of our listeners. Okay, whether you're here in. Randland or across the galaxy, my friends, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job. From the leaders in male grooming, join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Yeah, Matt, there's there's actually a, also a product in here called the the crop preserver, which I've talked about a lot, like the ball deodorant. And I just thought about this at the beginning of Eye of the World. They definitely they who are they upset? They're with? out they're, there on the they're out there on the land, man. Just they're on the away. land. They're on the land. They are running away, but they they need their crops preserved because the weather is bad and they are after naive like crazy. So uh, you know, maybe some folks in Emmonsfield could could have used the crop preserver. <laughs> Absolutely, my friends. So, hey, make sure to get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond your space balls will thank you. Um, as So we're going to be taking another look at the trailer a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, talking about talking about the, the series itself. Um, and kind of also, I think, explaining a little bit about what just what is the Wheel of Time for a lot of the new people here. Because I think I think, um, you know, the trailer, it looked cool. You and I enjoyed it. But I don't know necessarily if it did actually a really great job of explaining kind of what this series is about. Uh, I mean, it is a teaser trailer. Uh, so it's just sort of get people to get, grab people's attention. Hey, this is cool. There might be a more full trailer coming. Um, but you and I noticed some things in there that I was like, wow, you know, if if you were watching, if you your only your only look into Wheel of Time is this trailer, you would have some misconceptions about the series. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like it's um, it was for the fans, and it was not necessarily. It, it talked. The main focus was the one power, and we'll talk about the the one power in a second, as maybe our our, our next topic or wheel of time explained subject but in this it's very important to point out that this is this is about the wheel of time and so if you want to know what the setting of this story is it is kind of the cyclical battle between the forces of light and darkness and you have an order this group known as the Aes Sedai who can use this one power to channel for the better the betterment of the world and they can tap into that source but it is set in we call it Randland there really is no like Different, specific name, name for, for, for the continent necessarily but we start the story in a place called the two rivers emmons field and you have a mysterious individual several show up into this town and one of them is the Aes Sedai moraine and moraine can wield the one power um comes in there and she's looking for an individual uh she's trying to find someone i don't know this is i don't know how far we go with this but like she's looking for a particular person who will fulfill a prophecy. We'll put it like that. Who's going to fulfill some some sort of prophecy. And this is just a never-ending thing. So there's this, these different ages. And it's... They didn't even explain much of that, right? There, there are neither beginnings nor are there endings to the turning of the Wheel of Time. That, that might have been one line in there but but you if you look at the trail you see a lot of circles you'll see the Aes Sedai ring is a circle and these things come um time and time again the the turning of the wheel of time and it's this fight with the dark one that happens and you have a chosen one who is is picked by the pattern and they are then sent to kind of fight the dark one and they will fight there in the in the last battle um yeah so yeah and you know the trailer itself also made it it made it seem like a character Logan, right is the dark one yes it did yeah right which i found interesting right yes um so yeah at the start of the story we just know oh, gosh uh, we, we we know that he is the he's he's named a false dragon okay we start start the story he's called a false dragon and there's a war in giladon and there's rumors of this, and the Red Aja are moving against him. So, what is what does that mean? Is is he is he the Dark One? Is is, is he not? I, I don't know where we're gonna go to all the spoilers because I know what the show's trying to do and what the trailer's trying to do is trying to set you up to to see that that guy is 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 really bad person, right? Bad, uh, right. you know. But but is he the Dark One? That's the big that's the big question. So that's something we can let folks kind of figure out for themselves, I guess, in in the show. But just going into it, knowing that. There is a battle of light versus dark, and right now in this world, women can channel the one power. It's known by many different names around the world, but uh, in the book, and I'm sure in the show, it will be known as Saidar, and it's one half of the one power. Uh, the uh, Women can channel it, and men can channel it. Uh, the women, right now, currently in the story we're going to start with, they are the only ones who can channel it and not go crazy or mad or cause mass destruction. And the men, when they channel, they become uh, crazed and destroy yes. tons of things. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that, that can help because people were a little critical of like, well, the, the, I mean, the trailer is just trying to get people to buy into it and it doesn't necessarily, it's going to explain to you the the fears of a male channeler and what's wrong with someone channeling the one power if you're a man and how bad that is and how evil and wrong and just I mean the, all this all the wordplay around 
male right. channelers will be negative in connotation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll come to understand that there might be a few more male channelers out there, my friend. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of, that's kind of, but I think, I think that's sort of a great explanation. It's just kind of intro to the series, what it's about. Um, great, great cast of characters um, as you progress forward. Yeah. Yep, it's epic. Um, and by the way, too, if you're if you're diving in now and you just clicked on the podcast and you're wanting to to dive into the series, it's a it, Matt. So far, your experience has been it's a pretty easy read, right? It's not. Oh, been, it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially compared to other things which we read because we also run you know Game of Thrones podcast and and stuff like that. It's the I would say that even the reading level is less than something than something like that. Um, the first book a lot of people consider to be one of the greatest fantasy books ever written. Yeah. Uh, which I think yeah. is quite, um, uh, I will, I'd, I'd certainly argue uh, that the second book is like, once you, once you get to the end of the second book, you're like, I'm in, I don't care how many books are left. Exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. It's that and, good. And, and from what we can tell season one of the show is going to pull from books one through three in kind of different ways. Yeah, and that was interesting. Um, I do want to raise one question, I guess, to folks who watch the trailer and maybe you're familiar with the series, you're a veteran of it. Uh, I don't know. This is we're not going to entertain. But we're going to be saying spoilers on the main show. We'll save that for like YouTube content. But when you look at that trailer, there was somebody Matt was looking at a guy in a cage with full of arrows. And I thought, who who is this and where is this at? So when you start to think, which book are we pulling stuff from? It makes you you know, stretch when, when Rafe says it could be coming from the dragon reborn one. Now I'm thinking about things that happened there that we could see Rand go through, you know, right. encounters with dark friends and such. And we still loyal. I, you're looking at the ways or the way gate or whatever it is. Loyal's nowhere. I don't, I, unless he's one of the writers, I don't Loyal's see not in the, Loyal's not in the trailer. Yeah. Like, I can <laughs> tell there are a handful of characters who weren't in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. didn't see loyal, didn't see men. A lot of people are complaining. I didn't see Bella. So, wow. Didn't, yeah, I didn't even pay. Yeah. Yeah. We have to go back and look. I didn't, I didn't, didn't jump out at me. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. As well, uh, should we dive in? Just go ahead and get, get started here with the, yeah. uh, with the episode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we are covering today chapters 48 through 51 of the dragon, or, pff, the dragon are born fires of heaven. Yeah. Um, so chapter 48, leave takings, chapter 49 to uh, Bo- uh, Boanda, uh, chapter 50 to teach and learn, and chapter 51, news comes to Kyrian. And wow, things are uh, heating up here as we enter the as we enter the home stretch here. Yes, they are. Of, of the of the fire of the fires of heaven. So um, chapter 48, leave takings. Um, Nynaeve is in her wagon packing her belongings after changing from her circus costume into a plain gray woolen dress. She packs the twisted stone ring, land signet ring, and her gold serpent ring, the gems Amathera gave to her. Some pouches of herbs and a small mortar and pestle to prepare them, and finally the letters of rights and three of the six purses. She takes uh, one of the letters that authorizes the bearer to do whatever she wishes in the name of the Amarlin. She decides to leave the Adam uh, in the box containing uh, the other Dreamworld Terror on Grial to Elaine. She also packs most of her clothes, but regrets having to leave some behind. She uses Luca's red dress to pack the Dark One's seal. She can't bring herself to touch it because of the evil coming from it. 
Elaine comes uh, in looking upset. Uh, she packs the Adam, Brigette's Silver Arrow, and the other two Dream World, Terran Grial, and the rest of the money. Elaine also manages to pack all of her clothes and belongings, leaving almost nothing behind. The tension is high between Elaine and Nynaeve. Outside, the men have already packed everything and they are ready to go. Brigitte is outside, also ready to go. The people from the circus come to wish them all goodbye. Some offer to escort them to the city, but they are relieved when, they, when their offer is denied. Luca gives Nynaeve flowers and professes his undying love for her, uh, embarrassing her and making her furious at both him and Lan. The group head out for a Samara with Galad leading, flanked by Tom and Julian, and the Shainarans uh, in a long file to either side. The women walk in the middle. The men are all very nervous and keep fiddling with their weapons. However, the walk of the town is uneventful. When they, we when they reach uh, Samara, they're greeted by the sight of burning houses, corpses hanging from various places, and bodies on the ground. The only sounds are glass shards breaking under their feet and the buzz of the faraway mobs the group runs into the one of the mobs and has to fight their way back to the docks but the men manage to hold the mob but it is glad who finally breaks through them tom julian and most of the shinarans are wounded uh glad is untouched when they reach the docks glad speaks to the white cloaks and they let the group in a small crowd is huddled near the docks under white cloaks white cloaked guards nearly a dozen men old ragged and bruised and twice as many women most of the children are babies the site uh, wrenches Nynaeve's heart she makes the captain uh, Neris agree to take them on his ship as well Glad tells Nynaeve and Elaine that he is only paid for half of the travel costs uh, because Captain Neris overcharged the traveling fee and he doesn't have enough money to pay for the rest Nynaeve thanks Glad for his efforts she still can't understand how he could have started a war in Samara to keep a promise Galad tells Nynaeve and Elaine to stay away from Rand. Nynaeve wonders if Galad suspected that they have no intention of going to Camelin, but dismisses the idea. So um, we did already cover this in last time's extended uh, edition. Uh, I think a little more extensively uh, than we'll probably cover it here today. But um, that's sort of the summary of where we're at. The two big takeaways from this chapter are um, Luca. You know, <laughs> yeah. like like professing his undying love to 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 Nynaeve and I'll do anything. I'll you I'll know, I'll, I don't care who this land guy is. Well, good oh, luck I... with that one, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a Peter Baelish situation with Catelyn Tully in, in, in uh, a Game of Thrones. Like not a good idea to challenge uh, s someone like like Lan. He doesn't know Lan, obviously. But I mean, it's 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 funny. But at the same time, hey, that takes a lot of he he approached a beautiful woman. He wanted to. Uh, he he likes naive. Whatever you know. Valen is. He's a showman. He's an entertainer. And I also think part of it might be too. We're we're on the run. We're leaving. And they've always been kind of this tag along attached group. And they might be, you know, leaving him as well. So now's your chance. Confess your love. Try to get her to stay. Yeah. Right. Valen. Yeah, yeah. So then the other part is kind of a lot, man. I mean, he gets, I mean, God, he don't, I mean, attacking the city just so they can get them out of there, causing all this yeah. disruption, everything that's going on. But he, and then can't he can't pay for their whole trip. So that's going to be interesting to see where that goes. And then he says, stay away from Rand. Yeah. And as we'll get to, man, we'll notice, hey, there, there's, a, there's a lot of war breaking out right now. Yes, there is. There is a lot of war breaking out in various parts of uh, Randland or the Westlands or whatever, and it's it's not good. Um, this one though didn't maybe need to happen. It was there was already a lot of tension because of the prophet and so on. Uh, and I covered the the prophet in my spoiler edition. 
as well as one of the Forsaken in the in the spoiler edition as well. So if you guys want that, go check that out. But Galad is, as we said in the extended edition, he is chaotic, chaotic good, and he felt like this was the right thing to do, and so he would start a war to do it. It doesn't matter the cost. For him, uh, it's important that he protects his sister. Number one, gets her out of there, sends her away. I kind of think maybe he does know uh, where they're going, but to him, he has to do what's right and put her in the position to make the right choices, and he's just like, I'm going to do what I think is best and what's right and hope that they do return to Camelin and go where they're supposed to go and stay away from Rand. That's his advice. But I think he does, a part of him must know Right, he wouldn't say that if there wasn't a part of him thinking, "Hey, you know, they're probably not going to go where I'm sending them." But right, I helped him, and I did what I thought was right, and got him on a ship. So Galad is an yeah, interesting well, character. He is an interesting character. Well, I think Galad should stay away from Rand. So I, as I, I mean, if he knows what's best for him, yeah, because yeah. next to Rand is Matt, and the last time I remember Matt and Galad meeting, Matt That's right. kicked, you know, whipped him. So, By the light, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, blood, blood and ashes. Uh, he did, my friend. He <laughs> he whipped he, him. He up. whipped him and Gwen, and he was like, he had like just woken up from basically like a four month drunken stupor. So exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember, he was eating all that food, trying to put on weight again, and he was just malnourished and everything. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. So we did we did cover that in our extended edition last time. So now we'll, we'll move on to chapter forty nine here, um, Tupo uh, Tupoanda. Right. So Nynaeve pays uh, Neris for the money for the extra passengers. The refugees are grateful for her pay- paying their passage, but she's embarrassed by their gratitude. Captain Neris leaves his cabin to Nynaeve and Elaine, Tom, Julian, and Uno. Uh, they've seemed to persuaded. They've seemed to have persuaded him uh, to do so. Mm. The boat is terribly crowded because of the refugees. Elaine voices her suspicion that Captain Neris is a smuggler because he only wanted to travel by night. Elaine and Nynaeve blackmail him into emptying his hold so that they, that the refugees have a place to stay. Nynaeve contemplates about Neris' dislike of women. He seems to think that they only cause trouble. Tom, Julian, and Uno start uh, tormenting uh, Neris with darkly smile, uh, smiling comments about cracking heads and slitting throats. Uh, Nynaeve wants to give them a tongue lashing but cannot because she never gets them alone. Nynaeve finds out that Elaine channeled favorable winds. At first, she's mad that Elaine channeled without asking her. First of oh, all, come the, on. Who put you in charge? Uh, <laughs> I guess is is the last time I checked. Nynaeve, uh, isn't isn't Elaine? You know, like uh, royalty. True that. I mean, yes, true, true, and actually. Yes, and, and Nynaeve would be one of her technically subjects, <laughs> right, from Anne. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. without asking her. Yeah. Elaine argues that Samara is far enough behind them and that Mogidian, uh, or Mogadine, um, I don't know, they seem to go back and forth on the way they pronounce it. The, um, they do, they do. Um, I think it's Mogadine. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's no Didion in there, so Mogadine, uh, that's sorry, I meant to say, uh, could have uh, could not have located where the channeling came from. Nynaeve is relieved that the trip on the boat will be shortened by Elaine's channeling, but she has trouble admitting it. The two of them uh, fight with smiling faces so as not to raise suspicion. Uh, Brigitte has uh, to threaten them to make them stop. The men on board think that they must be happy to have left Samara. The women, however, seem to realize that the masquerade. Uh, to realize the masquerade and stay clear of the three. 
Day by day, the atmosphere becomes more friendly. Nynaeve starts healing people. She tries to hide the fact that she channels by using herbs and ointments. Elaine and Burgett follow her example and start uh, playing and having fun with the refugees' children. Elaine continues to study the Adam in the privacy of her cabin. The refugees tell stories, and Nynaeve and Elaine let a coin slip here and there. The men seem to have lost hope over what happened to them, but Nynaeve admires the women. They have lost as much as the men, but having children does not allow them to lose hope. Nynaeve becomes fond of the three women, especially because all of them remind her of a certain aspect of her own life. Uh, Nicola had been engaged uh, had been engaged, but Hiron, her fiance, became a dragon sworn following the prophet until he was killed. She wanted to get as far away from the prophet as she could. Um, Mirigan was a mother of two, uh, Gerald and Seve, uh, who had been dealing in cures and herbs, uh, which was as dangerous a dangerous business because so close to Amadicia and the White Cloaks. She had to flee, and had she healed a man from a fever, and people started to say that she had brought him back from the dead. Uh, Ariana had tra- uh, traveled to Ilion to keep her younger brother, uh, Will, from taking the oath as a hunter of the horn. She ended up taking the oath herself, traveling the world in hope of finding her brother somewhere and bringing him back home. She had a hard time traveling, but didn't intend that to let her to let that stop her. Brigitte learns that Elaine is the daughter heir of Andor. Elaine and Brigitte wash the black dye out of her hair. After seeing Brigitte's uh, blonde braid, Neris mutters something about uh, Brigitte stepping out of the bloody stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever uh, Neris looks longly at a place where he could stop and hide during the day, Nynaeve mentions how glad he must be to, so- to soon get the people from Samara off his boat. When the boat reaches uh, Boanda, uh, most of the Samarans leave the river serpent. Nicola, uh, Morrigan, and Ariana want to keep traveling with Nynaeve. Elaine and Burgett agree. Nynaeve convinces Neris to take them as far as Saldar. Uh, he has to accept Nynaeve's conditions since he needs to avoid dealing with the authorities in Boanda since they need to travel south anyway. Nynaeve remembers a trip to Teleron Riyadh during their first night of the River Serpent. She stood in the heart of the stone in tear, calling Egwene's name, terrified to death that Mogadine might be there or might be watching her. When she comes back to the waking world, she breaks down and cries, feeling like a coward. Elaine and Burgett try to con- uh, convince her that she's not a coward, and Elaine and Nynaeve go back to Teleron Riyadh. They start at the Stone of Tear, go to the Royal Palace in Camelon, to Emmons Field, and to Elida's study in the White Tower. And Eve sees the changes in Emmons Field and wonders what the banners and the new buildings mean. Going through the documents on Eliadis and the Keeper's Table, they learn that Eliada knows Rand has crossed the Dragon Wall into Kyrian and other things that uh, are of no immediate importance. They return. Nynaeve is glad that she went back to the world of dreams, almost forgetting about her fears. They take more trips and practice control in the world of dreams. They meet with uh, Egwene and Amis. Egwene tells them everything that has happened since the last time they saw each other. She even tells them the things that she had told them before when she had been talking to Elaine and Nynaeve in their dreams and when the wise ones had forbidden her to dreamwalk so as to not let Amis know that she had disobeyed the wise one. Egwene and Amis report that what Rand has been up to. 
Egwene asks whether Nynaeve and the others are still with Valen Luca. They tell their story. Egwene hints at meeting the two in Shiriam's studies afterwards. When uh, Egwene sees Nynaeve and Elaine there, she, is fur- she furiously tells them not to reveal her secret visits to Teleron Riyadh. After five days of travel, they reach a beach close to Sidar. Uh, nothing along the shore hints the village uh, existing nearby. The small party starts their way inland. Yeah, so let me say something real quick right at the end of that chapter. Um, Egwene, calm down. All right, you're breaking Seriously. the rules. You're breaking the rules, okay? So I, I just love There's all this bickering back and forth, and, and Nynaeve is... You know, scolding Elaine about the Tom situation. Then Elaine is, you know, getting on Nynaeve for the money stuff with Vale and Luca. And then what was happening with the menagerie. And and then there's the whole Nynaeve makes a big mistake uh, with Mo, with uh, Mogadine. And then this whole Teleron Riyadh thing where there's this power struggle between her and Egwene is happening. Where Egwene is trying to say, I'm not that little girl anymore and you need to kind of have more respect for me, etc. But then Egwene is also disobeying those who are trying to tutor and train her. And by the way, they are all pretending to be Aes Sedai and they're not, Matt. Okay, they're all mm-hmm. trying to pre- pretend that they are something that, that they are not. And I, I'll never forget when Rand starts to wear that like coat and Moraine puts this coat on him. Right. And he's supposed to be this high lord. And he goes to Kyrian and everyone is thinking he's playing um, uh, Deus Damar. And, yes. and, and he's not right. You know, and, and everyone's the women are like looking at him as if almost like he's getting a bigger head and he's he's, he's full of himself. And he's thinking about, you know, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like when Harry Potter says the whole quote where where Hermione's like, She's only into you because you're the chosen one. And he's like, well, 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 I am the chosen one, right? You know, I am the chosen one. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like Rand, I think the girls, especially Egwene, has a couple, you know, moments with him early on in the series where you can kind of feel that type of tension. And then now they are, they're out here pretending to be Aes Sedai. Like Moraine has to put Egwene in check a couple of times. Like, remember your place. And for now, this works that you're uh, pretending to be full Aes Sedai, but they're not. So just keep that in mind. They're also also um, Nynaeve and Elaine are about to show up into Salidar, and they're gonna have a little rude awakening, my friend. I mean, like they're they're going back to the full Aes Sedai to to the White Tower, if you will, the Blue Aja. Right. So yes, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's it's all interesting too. Plus, I mean, a lot of stuff. Ha- that's a it's a big chapter too. Huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brigitte, like, uh, hey, stepping out of the stories. Right. Yes, exactly. And so like they've been undercover with the hair dye and all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, secret identities are revealed and that Elaine is, is, you know, coming forward, you know, fessing up that she is royalty, as you said. And now people are looking at at Brigitte saying, who is this? This She's you know, she looks like she looks just like what we've heard about in the stories. And she's also really good with a bow. And what? <laughs> you know, right. It's in your face. Exactly. Yeah. How, how do you explain that to people? Oh, well, she's this like ancient hero. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, I, I think you know, the thing you would do is basically say you're trying to emulate a, a legend, right? You want to right. be her, you know, type of thing. Right. So, well, especially since, especially since you have people who are, you have a hunter of the horn there, you know, yeah. on, the, on the ship that they're meeting. Well, I do like that we get yeah. a little bit of this where um, they're kind of talking to all just, just sort of these characters that, and you're, and it's just some good world building here. Um, where you're just talking about all these different people and because, you know, so often you're just focusing on your main characters. Um, 
like uh, Ariana, right? Who travels, who travels, right? To stop her brother from taking the Hunter of the Horn. She takes it herself. She has to go search for people. So I think that's kind of cool that you get a little bit of this, this, this chapter, just seeing the stories of some more just sort of random people in the world. Yeah. Another thing it does as well, um, they hinted at Nynaeve passing out a few coins and, and that they're trying to take care of the women, the children, and the men have sort of lost their way. She's worried about the men as well, too, because they need a purpose and she doesn't have enough coin for them. You know, she's now starting to feel responsible for taking care of a larger group of people and that they're looking to her to be like a leader and help and, and things like that. And so anyway, kind of cool. And she does gravitate towards these three women who she's going to take to Salidar with her. So. Right. Well, I've got a, I've got a purpose for all these men. There's a man named Randall Thor. Wow. Okay. And he needs able-bodied men <laughs> willing to fight. Okay. Yes, he does. For the light. For the so, light. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Chapter 50, to teach, to learn. So we're still with uh, Nynaeve. A um, lot of characters in, in this one here. So. They arrive in uh, Sidar, uh, Saladar. Um, it is not their arrival is not to be is not as they expected it to be. Nynaeve and Elaine thought they would be welcomed as heroes after they went through defeating the Black Aja twice, but they are harshly interrogated by six Aes Sedai: Shiriam, Morvin, Morella, um, Carlina, Anaya, and uh, Bowen. Bowen. Um, they tell their story uh, they had agreed on telling and managed to keep most of their secrets. They hide details about their encounter uh, with Mogadine, and they also managed to keep the secret of Burgett's real identity. Additionally, the Aes Sedai don't find out that Nynaeve and Elaine had been posing as full sisters. Nynaeve is surprised to, uh, that Swan and Leanne are alive. She senses a chill between the two women. She is also aware of them being still. She uh, feels the lack of something and describes it as almost like a wound. She becomes curious and plans to find out whether the wound can be healed. Nynaeve also feels a lack of freedom. She finds it hard to readjust to others being in charge. When she jumps to please Shiriam, she realizes uh, that their days of freedom are certainly gone. The Aes Sedai question them about uh, Burgett's silver bow, the Adam, and most importantly about Teleron Riyadh and the dream Teron Grial. Swan is questioned as to why she gave a letter with her seal uh, to be to accepted and why she sent them after the Black Aja. But the Aes Sedai are most intent on using the dream Teron Grial to spy on Eliida and to contact Moraine through a Gawain. Shiriam orders Nynaeve and Elaine to teach the Aes Sedai to, uh, the use of the Teron Grial. Nynaeve fears that once they know how to use it, they would probably be taken away from them. The Aes Sedai agree that Nynaeve and Elaine left the tower by command and that they cannot be blamed for it. They are there to resume their studies. Before the interrogation is over, uh, Bowen, Bowen, mm -hmm. Bowenin, how, how do you pronounce that one? B O. I don't know. -E and I'm Bowen. I don't Bowen, know. I would say. Yeah. Uh, brings the topic back to the seal on the Dark One's prison that was in Nynaeve and Elaine's possession. It is shattered, even though it is made of the Quillendier. Uh, uh, Elaine says that they didn't take care of it because they didn't think uh, they would have to, they would have to, given the fact that the that the that it is indestructible. Uh, Anaya says that it is, if her information is correct, three seals still hold. 
After the interrogation, Nynaeve goes to the common room where Tom, Julian, and Uno try to convince them to flee from Saladar. Nynaeve thinks about the advantages she would have being able to study with the Aes Sedai of the Yellow Aja, who are uh, Thereva Marisis, Niso Dachin, and Dagdara uh, Fin. Finchie. Uh, Elaine also says that she would like to stay. Um, she would like to stay there. The two of them urge Tom, Julian, and, U- and Uno to ride to Kyrian uh, with, uh, without them to help Rant. Suddenly, all three of them find reasons why they did like to stay in Saladar, obviously wanting to protect the girls. Burget and Min play with uh, Merrigan's boys, uh, Jarell and Sebe. Uh, Nynaeve and Elaine reassure Burget that they were able to keep her secret. Two of Morel's warders, uh, Crow Macon and Avar Ham- Hachami, uh, are the only people in the common room not scurrying around the sum errand. They seem to be in conversation, but they were probably assigned to watch the newcomers. Phelan comes in and orders uh, Ariana and Nicola to be tested to see if they can channel. Swan and Leanne come out of the room where the interrogation had been held. Um, Iciness still surrounds them, but Nynaeve sees a small flicker of sympathy. uh, Swan joins the newcomers. Her face goes blank with Garth Brynn when Garth Brynn joins the small group. He asks Uno for help in training his army. He also talks to Tom. Uh, To Nynaeve, it sounds like riddles, but the readers understand that they talk about their past, and Tom assures Garth Brynn of his support as long as it doesn't tie him to the situation for too long. And Garth Brynn almost ignores Elaine. Swan takes Nynaeve to a room where she demands that Nynaeve also teaches her the use of the dream Terran Grial. If she doesn't, she will reveal that they have imposed as as full sisters and Eve doesn't want to be bullied. She threatens Swan uh, to reveal that she and Leanne are not as hostile to each other as they pretend to be. Her hunch had been right. Their hostility is a masquerade. And Eve still agrees to teach Swan. If she allows her to study Leanne's stilling and low gains gently. So a lot of new characters. First of all, I cannot wait for the show. I mean, I know they say it in the audio book, but it's like, yeah, uh, all, the, all these, all the, the names are all over the place. Half sometimes. of these names aren't going to be mentioned in the show because ever so again. Many. And it's always like, like ah, who the heck are these yeah. people again? So, so one that's tough right. is, and I was, it was, I was kind of laughing because I was going through here and I just did, by the way, stick around for the spoiler edition friends. I will be covering a couple of those characters that Matt, uh, and I'm going to have to figure out how to freaking say their names too. Um, some of those other I said die. I'll be I'll be talking about in the spoiler edition. Quindiar, Quindiar, Quindiar. Well, it says C W A I N dash D E H dash Y A R. Quindiar, G N E. I know it's spelled C U E. It's spelled like Quillander. Wait, 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 wait. Let's do a yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take it to Google Train. I'm gonna take it to Google Pronounce and see what they say. <laughs> it's in yeah, Quindiar, yeah. Uh, and the audiobook is again. That's why I listen to it so much because sometimes I'm like, what? Um, yeah, I had one of my former uh, students reading reading the series, and it was funny just just talking to them. I used to run a Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons uh, club, and a lot of them wanted to read you know high fantasy books, and so this is one I often recommended. And yeah, the pronunciations were all over the place. It's just. It's tough. Uh, so, what's it saying? What's Google Translate? Bre- Hold on, I gotta, okay, I gotta get it. You know, anyway, hey, real, you can keep going. While you're I'll doing get, that, I'll get it. Hey, while you're doing that, let me let me talk about um, Quindiar. Uh, mm-hmm. 
All right. It's a material made by the one power that is considered unbreakable. Any force directed against it is said to make it only stronger and even, ooh, the shadow rising. I love how they, I'm so glad they put references in here. The Shadow Rising Chapter 54. Thank God. Okay. And even Balefire will not destroy it. The making of it was lost in the breaking. And all examples date from the Age of Legends. Um, let's see. There was some knowledge of it during the breaking, however, as the... Yeah, the Shadows of Heaven. The the the, the Adam. Yeah, it was also made... Uh, it was a form of, of Quindiar. Okay, cool. Interesting. Just it's made with the one power. <laughs> Indestructible. What's not, it say? What does Google say? Nothing. Nothing like the way. Yeah. yeah. So it's also known as Heartstone, by the way, too. So um, you could call it Heartstone. That's a little easier. I yeah. Think. It's like it's like Quendiller. Is what Quindi- it is. What Quindiller, it. yeah. Yeah. What a joke. I'm gonna Wayne. start calling it calendar. I'm gonna start calling it calendar. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, it, so. it, it, Anywho, so I mean, there's a lot going on here, um, a lot of battle, a lot of positioning, a lot of battling. I mean, Swan coming in, acting like she still runs the show. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me just go. Let's go back to some early discussion we had in the series. <laughs> Suwon at one point, and by the way, I love seeing her in the trailer. She looks awesome. She's gonna be epic. It's it's really cool. But who sends a bunch of children? Children. I mean, I don't know how old they are exactly, but like, you know, young, right. young people accepted novices at the time, novices, two novices and one accepted, or actually it was one novice and then one accepted. And then they just brought Elaine in on all of it. But after the black Aja, what she did that, like she kind of ropes them into this big quest and mission to take on the black Aja. It's crazy. And so I, I just think it's, I just think it's wild that she's now back at it again. And she's gonna have her bickerings with with um, with a Gwen, uh, I'm sorry with Nynaeve, but they each know something to kind of get what they want. Like Nynaeve wants to study stilling and gentling, and uh, Suwon needs a purpose and needs to doesn't need the other full Isodai members to know that she and Leanne are not being necessarily truthful, uh, and they're bickering and they're arguing that there's something going on between the two of them. They're, they have their own kind of game that they're that they're playing. So. Yeah, that that is the the gist of of that dynamic i guess right right um yeah so gareth Bryn, real quick that that's cool right i mean so he uh and tom Marilyn are having that conversation about the past it seems like it's in riddles it's because they're they're trying to shy around this topic of when tom was exiled or his you know the queen called for his head essentially because a little romance went the wrong way uh sideways and went sideways man is what happens heads roll buddy like i know it's crazy i know it's so interesting too god it's gareth Bryn, you know same thing you got he's a little bit like luca hey you know, oh yeah to- <laughs> yeah yeah he, he he like he's there because of those eyes and suan right and then then he's roped into training the men and, and possibly training up other, other individuals he, he ropes uh uno into helping trained and he's he's really there because he's after suan right i mean he chased her after this oath and it's crazy it just the the strings the pattern is pulling him in this direction and suan is sort of what he's you know attached to and it's right and then then you've got right then you've got naive here and she's trying to learn about stilling and gentling i mean which can we stop the stilling 
I mean, Ed, these are these are these aren't even full I said I yet, and they're out here trying to perform high level. I know. I know use of the one power. Yeah, I know, and it's interesting too. This is something um, no one likes to focus. It's it's something that Nynaeve felt right. So she felt this when she approached Suan Leanne. She feels like there's a wound or a hurt or something there, and she wants to look into that more. Um, and. Swan's a little bit, you know, they don't want to focus on it. They want to focus on what they need to do to keep preserving themselves and not lose sort of that will to live. Like they want to um, find a purpose and and a function inside of their society, inside of these Aes Sedai here at Salidar. Uh, so Nynaeve is, is going to investigate them and also teach others how to use the, the Tirangriol. But... Um, yeah, there's there's something there, and so that's why the the yellow Aja is is being pushed her way. She's still accepted. Uh, she's not necessarily full Aes Sedai, and so she needs to study. And this is a part of that study, if you will. But people don't like to talk about it. It's not something that the Aes Sedai want to investigate much because it's a really um, awful thing. They don't. I think it makes them queasy to even think about the fa- that that one of them could be stilled or that this could be done to them with the power. It seems so awful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, next, uh, so the next part of view. So there's still another piece of this chapter. Um, so Elaine's point of view. So Elaine catches up with men. They observe Leanne talking to a large, roughly dressed man who looks like a blacksmith. Men brings up that she has been, um, she has had a viewing about Nicola, uh, Arena, and uh, Morgan. Um, she only saw that they bring trouble and can't define it any better. Elaine wants to talk about the viewing men had about Rand and her and, and her and about Elaine having to share him. <laughs> men says that she'll have to share him with two men says that she'll have to wear, share him with two others. She also admits that she is one of those two. Elaine is shocked. She admits that she doesn't like the thought of having to share him. So does men saying Elaine, it shames me to admit it, but I will take him any way I can get him. However, they both agree that they like each other. They wonder who the third woman will be, and Elaine hopes that Avienda will take good care of him. <laughs> what, 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 what are your thoughts, man? What, t- tell me your, the, the raw, unfiltered Sir Matt <laughs> thoughts on this. Well, then, uh, you know, this is... <laughs> Is 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 kind of like it. I mean, again, so you know, unfortunately, this is this. I guess this is one of the things I kind of knew going into the in, into the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you were getting this for the first time, I think it's pretty obvious that Rand. Ob- well, Min has Min has already said, "Hey, you know, she which she was, she was holding him at the end of the Great Hunt." Um, obviously, then Rand and Elaine sort of kiss, um, and Elaine is constantly taught, you know brings him up quite often then and well we already saw rand with avienda or earlier earlier in this book i guess it's gonna be i'm so i mean right now i'm just it's it's kind of it, it does it's nothing that uh really sort of shocks me i guess but um obviously i'm just more ser- sort of curious to see how this is even gonna work like how do you know how how does how does this how does this how does this at all? Well, that's great. I mean, let let <laughs> let me say you're not the only one who's thought about it. Okay, Robert I, Jordan has thought well, about it as well. So he is, and clearly, he will yeah. he will tell you he will tell you how it's going to work, my friend. Which is which is crazy. Um, you know, I I, I saw that interview. Was, yeah, good. So um, no, go ahead because I I'm going to take us down a totally different path. 
So. Okay, just just real quick then. I I saw an interview at once upon a time or heard it somewhere where where um Robert Jordan was asked about this topic and men's viewings and Rand and romances and relationships with Rand. And he just thinks it's kind of funny. He just thinks it's a, a funny aspect that like, you know, I he kind of plays he never really gives a serious answer on it. And I don't know. I don't know what people's thoughts are on it on it much. Um and I can't even tell you what my yeah, because I, I had thoughts on it too. Like as as I was reading the series, I was like, I was in denial. I'll just say that <laughs> I was in denial. That's all right. I'm gonna say. And, and so as it, as it plays out, I'm interested to see what Matt thinks about this dynamic because she when when men sees something, it just comes true. It is written. It's the pattern pulling pieces together. Three aspects. You know, there was this. Um, I think Robert Jordan was pulling from three aspects of mythology around the, a chosen one you know one for wisdom a warrior uh royalty things like that so each of them kind of representing different aspects of high fantasy or whatever and they're kind of those type of advisors individuals people around your chosen like character yeah so yeah um so i guess uh, you know in 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 trying to think about it a little bit here um so like loose theron in the prologue is like you know he's like he's like beside himself right of what happens to eliana right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but then there's also a little bit of talk of man you know loose theron might have had some feelings for Lanfear. certainly Lanfear mm -hmm. seemed yeah. to love him yeah yeah so I guess I'm wondering, is there a third? Is this is this like a is this a is this something common to the okay. dragon? Or is this just or is this just Rand's thing and it's different? I and I can't necessarily answer it. One, because right. um you be only have later. two examples though, too. You also just have the dragon and then the dragon reborn. Um right. and you're right that he does have someone who is interested in him in land fear, but we never really see that those in, in in the age of legends that those were um feelings that were were shared i guess between both parties right so yeah um yeah i, I guess i can kind of say that there there really was as far as i know there wasn't a third lover i guess that's okay to say that loose theron i don't believe had one so then this the, is something that so this is something that is i guess sort of unique to rant yeah and i guess I, you can't even say i mean all we know is that um Ileana, is the one is 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 someone that he loves is is his one is his right. true love right um because right. i mean I, it, there could be more revealed with landfear later but as far yeah. as i've seen it seems it seems yes i don't know that it there's nothing that says that he was like with both of them or oh at the same time no way yeah yeah because it yeah so it seems like really it was just him and eliana and then landfear just liked him you know just like how you know everybody likes rand um everybody likes rand <laughs> <laughs> that's the opposite of a, another podcast that's out there just funny oh, everybody hates yeah um yeah, yeah. but i mean geez bear lane my god man she you know she, but so you you know i mean it's just interesting to i i guess kind of compare the two because it's 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 different yeah okay so hmm at some point i believe so, so what Lanfear has told us essentially is that she and Luce Theron were lover, you know, like they, they, they were together, lovers. She's 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 made it she's made it seem like that, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's true, right? And, and we're gonna keep getting tidbits about it and so on. And if there's one specific line that people can 
send us in a pigeon. By the way, we have a great pigeon at the end of the show. Um, that then that'd be cool just to kind of find that line where she talks about their relationship. I'll have to kind of go go through and the they, pieces together. But it just just real quick. So it, it is hinted at in the wiki, anyways, in which I think has already been covered that there is some type of romance between them. There is a connection between them. But then something happens, right? There, there's yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it doesn't mean that they're yeah. Just they could have sort of you know been been together before. He meets mm-hmm. Ileana. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but uh, this all makes—I mean, th- but this is—they're I mean, talking about sharing him. So, I mean, this makes it seem like, oh no, it's going to be right. You know, like we will all love him, but he's just going to do it whatever he wants. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is different. This is different. <laughs> so, we, is 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 Randland in Utah or like? I mean, what what do we? You know, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Rafe Judkins actually even talked about this in the show. Uh, not that they would be. Uh, how did he put it? Um, yeah. What, what's I don't even. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna search the words here real quick. But that it's not their. Well, I can't say anything. I can't say anything because right <laughs> because it's no, spoiler. You don't. Yeah. But um, we know that there's men seeing these viewings. I mean, it's pretty obvious. If you're at this point, you you kind of know that these are three sort of love interest for, for like we've seen men there with him and, and Lanfear saying take care of him while I you know go about my business Elaine and him have been making out doing doing their thing and he and Avienda literally just got naked and hooked up in a tent okay right so I mean he's actually done stuff with Elaine and Avienda and not necessarily men but he thinks about men and has an affection for her right, right. so it's come on I mean no one else has done this. I mean, Nynaeve is, I mean, Matt, I guess Matt's been kind of, you know, wrong oh, from sure, village to yeah. village and, you know, he's what, whatever, but kind of, I guess uh, really it's just with the IEL right now. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll leave that. But Ben Perrin and Fael, you just have, you know, right. he meets Fael, he's with her. And then we know Nynaeve is kind of interested in um, Lan, right? She's thinking about him. You throw Vale and Luca in there. And then Egwene, uh, they settled that whole thing between her and her and Elaine where she's like, He's just a brother. He's like a brother to me. Have fun. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, that yeah. scene in the trailer makes it seem like there might be something going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Different. Doesn't it? That's, different. <laughs> yeah. Like way more going on, possibly. So and they were like engaged or or, or promised to each other. And you remember when they go right. through uh, the tier on Grial or they go through um, Rand has as many lives and many visions that he sees. And it's like he grows up and he's with Egwene. Egwene is his love. It was like that was his path. That's what he time and time again, he was with her and growing old and didn't leave the two rivers and channeled and became mad and all that different uh, stuff in, in the world of what if or, or the, the the world of possibilities. That's what we kept seeing. So, yeah, there's definitely something there bet- between those two and you know, yeah. great love okay. and respect. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's move over to the final chapter today. Um, chapter 51. This could be a big one. News comes to Kyrie. And so I think before that, as this would be a good place to take a quick break uh, for a message from our sponsor. Okay. As let's dive back in here and hit up the final chapter, chapter 51. News comes to Kyrie. My man, as has been telling me, he said, just wait till you get to the end of this book. Things yeah. are going to heat up. And, uh, you know, let's just they, say there well, seems there seems like the seems like the heaven. It's got some fires in it. 
So right, fires, man. They're in the Sun Palace right now, and things are starting <laughs> yeah. to heat up, right? So that's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's not as funny of a pun as the shadow literally is rising, but right, you know, yeah. it's okay. It's okay. Each book, I'm going to try to make puns. We're literally at a crossroads of wow. <laughs> we haven't got it. It is quite yet. literally a path of, of dag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, here we go. So Rand is taking a break from the endless meetings in a dried up garden of the Sun Palace. He hasn't managed to escape the company of Lady uh, Solande, though. Uh, the lady, the latest pretty young woman, uh, Lady uh, Colvere, has been trying to get into his bed since he arrived in Kyrian 10 days ago. Rand is getting very tired of the everlasting game of houses being played in Kyrian. He sends Solande off uh, with talk of the male house of the source. Deciding that this is no better than waiting inside, um, waiting inside, Rand returns to his company. Uh, a number of Kyrian and Tyrian lords and ladies are awaiting him, all plotting to take over the throne or carve out their own kingdoms as soon as his back is turned. He has received news that uh, Berylaine, the first of man, is coming to Kyrian. Maybe he should put her in charge here so he can move against Samael and Ilion. He makes sure that the Tyrian lords know he is aware of their attempts to keep their soldiers in Kyrian and that he expects them to be on the move as he ordered. He also invites Lady Colvere to a private dinner tonight to stop her from sending any more women to him. He doesn't want Avienda to repeat what she had done to the one she caught. Then he dismisses the party. After they have left, Moraine, Egwene, and Avienda come to see him. Rand is still upset with Egwene's refusal to give him more information about the mysterious Aes Sedai that may come to his aid. Moraine hands him two letters, both with the seal of Tarvalin on them. The first is from the new Omerlin Eliida, telling him there is a delegation on its way to take him back to Tarvalin so the tower can see his safety until Tarmon Gaiden. The second is from Eliida's keeper, Alvarin. Uh, it's a lot more polite than Eliida and a warning of sorts. Rand lets the women read both letters, even though Alvarin tells him not to let anyone, even Moraine, see hers. They discuss the, the content. It's obvious Tarvalin has spies in Kyrian, and there seems to be a division in the tower um, Elida may be unaware of. Right now, there is not a whole lot Rand can do about it, though, except for keeping Elida's delegation at a safe distance. The Aiel guard announced Matt has arrived to see Rand. He asks the women to stay. Uh, it might, be un might unbalance Matt enough to get him to do what Rand wants of him. Moraine asks Matt about his military activities over the past few days. Matt has been involved in a number of battles with Andorans who have moved into the west of Kyrian. He and his band of the Red Hand emerge victorious. She wonders if Matt finds battles or if the battles find Matt. Matt feels attacked by this, but the conversation turns into another direction when he reveals he has news that concerns Elaine. Matt thinks Morgays, the queen of Andor, is dead rumors among the Andorans point in the direction at least. Uh, Gabriel uh, is king of Andor now, uh, the first in the existence of the nation. Uh, Rand is furious about this news. He waited too long to remove Robin and now Elaine's mother is dead. Uh, will we ever forgive him at, at, 
for that. At least he can still avenge her death. Rand is ready to leave for uh, Camelin now. To his surprise, Moraine doesn't try to stop him. She just tells him to do it tomorrow. Rand sees she is all right. After some discussion, he will allow the three women to accompany him, who will say only that Robin uh, will be in Camelin after all. When that is decided he asked the woman to leave matt stays behind and Rand starts making it very clear he needs matt's newfound military knowledge and now matt is going to use it more gaze is dead she's dead my friend it's crazy you know robin killed yes yes um yeah it uh but they but they almost at first i was like at first I don't know. I was like, did we just get another major death off screen? But then they almost immediately say, well, there's no proof of the body. So it immediately to me was like, all right, well, she's still alive. So she's yeah. like on the run or something. Right. It's almost immediately they did. They they set it up to like, well, she might not be. Right. And we did have that chapter and refresh me if I'm wrong on this, but we had that chapter where she was um, rolling down to she, she was being she was being uh, under under Ravine's kind of control, um, whatever. And was losing track of time and memories and stuff like that. And then seeks out Talonvar, I think his name, uh, mm -hmm. Talonvor. And, and he's trying to help her a little bit. So, um, we go, we go to, yeah. Uh, Basil Gill, uh, master Gill is there from the queen's blessing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of big stuff happening here. I mean, go, just going back over this, over this, uh, section of it. Um, first of all, Hey, we're throwing more ladies at rant. All right, Lady Colavir. Just again, yeah. same thing with the Aiel. Every everyone's everyone's trying to get you know get get Rand because they he's a becoming a powerful guy, right? Then we have right. influence, we have power over all of this. Well, Barrelane's brought up. Remember Barrelane back in Tear? She was she went in there and he used the power to scare her away, and he does it here again. Uh, right, scare, scares a <clears throat> high lady away. Yeah. Right. Uh, he he and he we hear that yeah, Barrelane's coming. Um, he wants, and he's thinking about putting her in charge so he can move and Samael and yep. Ilian. Yep. He's, um, he, Brand does not like to wait. Okay, let's go. It's, it's time right now. Exactly. And he's thinking about Samael, right? And, and he, he's, he's plotting for all of that. He's been attacked by him. Uh, and you know, all, all of these things It's actually Matt fighting those border wars with Andor that he learns about more gays, the rumor that she's, that she's dead or been killed. And that Lord Gabriel is is in charge now, and here we go. So that's what changes and alters his plans. Moraine does not argue with him at all; just says you should do it tomorrow. Get your plans, get everything in order, and then go. You know, do your thing, right? I mean, so she's and and then we we learn that the women channelers will go with him. She, she Egwene, and uh, Avienda. Right, and Rand's getting a letter here saying, "Hey, we're going to take you back, so we can hold you at the tower." right yes yeah like he's like he, i mean what's their plan you well, know oh, oh yeah. we're just we'll just we'll just tell him hey we have to keep you safe so that you can come be here for the final battle and it's like it's right first of all it's a pretty awful plan i'm not gonna lie because yeah. okay for starters for starters um Unless your plan is to bring this guy here. I mean, obviously, it seems like, hey, they want to bring him there. Probably gentle him because they don't think he's the real deal because mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. But even even regardless of that, uh, it kind of reminds me as a little bit in Star Wars of Anakin Skywalker. It's like, hold on a second. Yeah. You're telling me that you have the most you found the most powerful person ever. Mm -hmm. And your plan is to now, nah, we you know, 
You need yeah. that person to build experience and train in, yes. the, in the right way. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You don't, you don't want Rand. You obviously don't want Rand to die before the final battle, but at the same time, what if what are, you're just going to just when the final battle starts, okay, get out there. And then they don't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he, he, exactly. And one of the things he realizes as well is he is, uh, he has Osmodian. Lanfear realizes this. Like he needs trained. He's untrained. Yeah. There, there are no male channelers. They're being gentled like one by one as they come up. This is, you know, Tom, Tom's nephew uh, is, is, is one of them that's talked about earlier in the series. And you have Loghain and these others who, when it's found out that they can channel, boom, we're sending a delegation to deal with you. Well, they're sending another delegation right now to deal with Rand. Uh, now, what's interesting about this is the, is the two letters. Alvieran has sent a, a letter. Uh, you know, she's, she's second kind of in command, if you will. Uh, or whatever speaker and she is sending a letter and then elida is sending a letter too which one do you believe did they do that together you go back to the conversation that you had at the end it was a prologue or when this was but when elida is basically being questioned and not seen as being necessary almost like a puppet of the other sitters who have put her up to be the omerlin and mm -hmm. she's not really well respected and all the Aaron is is kind of you know, doing her own thing. And then Alvierin has that encounter with Pot on Fane. Remember that? Pot on Fane was caught stealing uh, the the dagger and she lets him go. So, yeah. what's up with that? <laughs> Keep an know. eye on Alvierin. They have no plan. They have no plan. Um, <clears throat> okay, here we go. So, we'll move on here. So, Egwene has a little point of view here. So, um, when the three women are outside, Moraine tells Egwene to be careful. Rand will need her to tell him what he needs to hear. He will need people who will not be as silent when he gets angry. Uh, Egwene says Moraine is there to do that, but the Aes Sedai insists she be careful and leaves them. Egwene asks Avienda to accompany her to dinner, but she has other duties. There's nothing uh, to it but to find a meal for herself. So that's just sort of, that's just a quick little uh, point of view. And then we switch back to Matt here. Matt returns to his chambers after his stormy meeting with Rand. He is still playing with the thought of leaving the band uh, behind and making a run for it. Uh, Melindra enters his room while he is gathering his things. He tells her he is going away for a while, uh, going away for Rand for a while. Melindra seems to think he still isn't free of Rand's shadow. Matt lets it slip that Rand is going to Camelin, something he was not supposed to do. While he tries to cover up for his mistake, Melindra attacks him. Matt draws out one of his knives and kills her. Before she dies, she says, um, he has the great Lord's own luck. He's never killed a woman before and it upsets him a great deal. In her hand, he finds a dagger with nine bees of Ilion on them. Ilion, where Samael rules. There can be no doubt that she was a dark friend. The Forsaken have definitely noticed him. Matt feels the dice spinning in his head. And the summary here doesn't do, a, uh, doesn't do close of enough to describing sort of the drama that's going on in that scene. So it was a really mm -hmm. great scene. It was heartbreaking, man. Talks about how he really he liked her and right, right. You know, he feel he feels like terrible, but it's just sort of like you know, in the moment, like, oh, why did you know? Why did you do that? Why did you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. I mean, so she's right, she's almost she's she's almost like Ingtar a little bit. As it fell out of the darkness. Yeah, it fell out of the darkness. Gosh, god dang it! Another dang one. Dang it! Another one lost. <laughs> I know. She actually she she's very playful and and you know um uh she shows interest in Matt right after Rudion 
and he offers her a necklace. They become romantically involved. And then, you know, we find out, I don't know, some stuff about her story arc is still yet to be revealed. I think there's a few things involving uh, another individual who's, who's out there. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'll kind of leave that there. But yeah, she, she tries to kill Matt and in, he has to, he has to kill her. Uh, so that sucks. Right. I mean, it's, it's, and, and now this is, this is further signs that, that Samael is after not only Rand, uh, but then that Matt has got, has gotten, um, their interest, right. That the Forsaken now know about Rand and his friends and they're on the list, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's, and that's, that's the end of our, that's the end of the chapter for today, uh, chapters for, for today. But yeah, so, I mean, big, big sort of takeaways again, pieces, uh, the pieces are moving as we get set up here for the, the final, whatever the final confrontation is going to be here in the fires of heaven. I mean, now it seems like more gaze is certainly whether she's dead or not, uh, is certainly disposed. Um, so that means that, that Andor is now up for grabs, um, uh, uh Samael is moving against Rand. Well, let me just let me let me. I think I can reveal this now. I'm I'm trying to read ahead here real quick. One more interesting fact on this last little bit here with Matt. So it is not. I'm just trying to find it. And friends who have read the series multiple times more than I, uh, if you know more about this, please let me know. Please send us a pigeon, and we will correct it. We, we always do corrections and try to uh, amend things as we go. But Melendra is. So we find out she's a dark friend. She's attacking Matt. And let's see. She's a dark friend who was in the employ of Samael, uh, proven by the knife, which which she tried to kill Matt with, a knife with a jade hilt and nine golden bees, the sign of Ilion, Samael's domain. Now, the note here is that uh, she doesn't make this attack. She doesn't attack Matt until... He mentions Camelin, and that perhaps her orders were, if ever there's a suspicion or there's this, um, you know, get close to Matt, and if ever he he tries to come to Camelin, kill him, or if Rand comes to Camelin, kill Matt, someone close to him. So people believe, and I don't know if it's confirmed anywhere or not. I'd have to go look um, that someone else, not Samael. Because, you know, the Dark Friends work for, like, they swear their oaths, and then now that the, the Forsaken are out, they're collecting the Dark Friends, and Dark Friends socials are happening and whatnot. So it, it, it's it's believed that maybe she was actually working for Ravine, which is cool. I didn't even, I, I've never really looked at it that closely, but just a little interesting uh, note that it's the dagger. Using that type of dagger makes them believe that it's Samael, but really she could have been working for Ravine. It just shows you the plotting that would go on, or the the thought that would go into it from the, from the Forsaken's point of view. So. Wow. Um, I just got a message here from Jeremy, my brother, Jeremy, our yeah. eel chief clan. I know yeah. as we're, we're about yeah. to, we're about to move into, into pigeons. Um, he sent me the shot in the, in the trailer where uh, the shot of the trailer where the arrows are flying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and if you zoom in, you see Lan is standing right in front of Nynaeve. Okay. Okay. And then, and then you've got you've got the you've got the red Aja there, 
Um, you've got blue. You got like two blue Aja, and then everyone else, including Nynaeve, is wearing green. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on in this trailer? Ed? What is going on in this trailer? It is something I've wanted to go. I think uh, it's. I think it's just. I think it's just coincidence because. And break some people were talking about that. They said Nynaeve is wearing green in the trailer. Well, she hasn't. She hasn't chosen an a uh, Aja where we're at yet. So right. And 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 here's the thing. So a lot of stuff to me, even at, when I was looking at it, when you throw in this whole low gain stuff, like are they gonna? Hey, who is who? Who is shooting? Who is shooting those arrows at them? And right. When you know, I have to go look at that. A couple of different uh, other eyes to die to see who's mixed in with this group and when and where they are at. Because like Rafe said, he's pulling stuff from book two and even book three and well, shuffling is, pieces is, around. Is Nynaeve, is Nynaeve, by the end of season one, is Nynaeve going to be uh, in, is going to be like an Aes Sedai? I mean, well, we're man, in book I, five and she's, but she's in book five and she's still just accepted. I know, I know, I know. Well, and here's the thing. Well, was, she's not accepted, but she's, uh, they, what's the term they give her? Hers is different, right? Well, no, so you have novices. And then you have the accepted. Right. Yeah. So she's that second level. So when she first gets oh, in. Oh, that's right. But she, she, she starts accepted. out as an accepted. She right. She starts out. In, right. Because she had already sort of like. She's wilder. She's she's learned on her own. Yeah. So that's what I meant. That's what I yep. meant. Right. right exactly. Yeah. So now here's the thing, though. Um, what, are the, what are the other ranks? So you just have novice, accepted, and then I said I. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And so the other two start off as novices. Uh, Egwene. Starts off as a novice, and then Elaine is a novice. But they then will get the rank. Um, they'll quickly move up. You know, right. You, you, yeah, yeah. Tell. So here's my thing, though. At the beginning of that trailer, uh, Egwene is pushed off a cliff by Nynaeve. And it's, I don't think it's like going into the water after Shadar Logoth or something like that. I, I don't think it's like being I think strong. that's how it starts. Yeah, and it's like... Is that, this, might be, that might be the opening scene of the whole thing. Is this like wisdom? First of all, if it's the opening scene of the whole thing, I'm going to be upset. It sh- it needs to start <laughs> with Rand and Tam in you know yeah. out in the woods on their way on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could totally start like that and then cut to a scene where the first time we see those two together, that is happening, right. and then we're trying to figure that out. But yeah, I, yeah, I get you. I totally get you. You got to well, start I mean, the same way. Me personally, I want to see a prologue where in which Luce Theron freaking we're steps out. And just, <laughs> I know, I know we're not, but it would be. Well, the Lord of the Rings, sick. like Lord of the Rings does start that way. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And, and, then, and, so we cut, and, then, we cut, and then we cut to the Shire. And, and you don't, you have no idea what it's about. You're like, wait, what? You have no clue what that's about. And you're like, this is a thousand, three thousand years ago. Who cares? Right. I mean, right. it just, you're trying to figure it out. So, but to me, I still wonder what is going on. Why is she push her off a cliff and. You know, is that wisdom training? Is it something else? Uh, I don't know. Maybe she's training thing? to become a wisdom. All right. Yeah. What's our uh, what's our pigeon today, Yes. Yeah. So, okay. We have a pigeon here. Uh, pretty cool from Joe just after the trailer. Hey, guys. Happy trailer day. Wow. That was awesome. And I can't agree more. It was epic. If you guys haven't had a chance, go check out my uh, reaction over on YouTube. And thanks to everybody who, who did subscribe, by the way, after that. Uh, really, really pumped about it. So I started the book series in February and discovered your podcast around the same time and have been tuning in uh, as I got through each block of chapters. I have fond memories of shoveling snow while listening to the Eye of the World episodes. 
Uh, I always enjoy hearing your commentary. It's a great <clears throat> it's a great concept having one person who's read the series and one person who's a first-time reader. That works really well. I recently caught up to where you are in the series, and while I'll miss having the next uh, podcast ready to go as soon as I get there, I definitely still plan on tuning in as the episodes come out. Uh, I'm loving the book series, and I'm ecstatic about the show. I've been telling everyone I know about it. I was surprised to find out my aunt uh, has already read through the entire series twice. Wow. Uh, and I recently convinced a coworker, possibly a second, to start reading the books. Can't wait! Can't wait to hear your take on uh, the end of the Fires of Heaven. It gets epic. Also, um, regarding when to read the prequel, I took Daniel Green's advice to read it after book five, and that made total sense to me. And I'll second that recommendation. Diving into into book six now. Uh, wait, the prologue is seventy four pages long. Jeez. Uh, that will definitely have to be its own podcast episode. Wow. There we go. So that's Joe. Um, thanks, Joe. Awesome. Uh, awesome stuff. So we have a recommendation to to dive into a new spring or whatever. And maybe now I'll go because I can kind of cover that in my own just um, reading. Uh, just, just you know, read that on, on a weekend and, and, get, and get through it. I've read the graphic novel and then done a bunch of looking into to the wikipedia page and or wikipedia i keep saying that wikipedia i need to I, I cover star wars too much and i'm always saying it uh anyway but I've, I've read most of the notes on it and it's an interesting story oh shoot did you look something up the you're not supposed to look prologue he's not lying 70 some pages it's two it's almost three hours three hour prologue. on audible it's yeah. three hours. It's three hours. <laughs> Robert Jordan ain't messing around, man. He's not <laughs> messing around. He has a story to tell. Gosh dang it, by the light, wow. and he will tell it. Okay? So, <laughs> it's great. It's a three-hour chapter. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, three hour, it's a three-hour tour, man. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. I know somebody else who did a three-hour tour, and they, didn't, they never came back. Okay? So, yeah. Yeah. Gilligan, Gilligan's Island, man, a three-hour tour. Oh my god, <laughs> I didn't on, get man. the reference. <laughs> I used I to watch that did. show all the time. Holy cow! <laughs> they, uh, they went out for a three-hour tour and they never came back. They never came come back. We're not. Well, hopefully that's not like. Yeah, hopefully we do come back from the prologue in the next book. But no, right. that that is cool and uh, awesome to hear that that people are enjoying uh, the podcast. One, that's great. I, I love to hear that people are enjoying it and that you picked up the series and you. You're reading it, man. I have fond memories uh, reading this series, and I think back to times where Matt. One night, I don't know if you remember this. Quick, quick story here. We were playing Destiny, right? We were playing Destiny. This is back in the day, back at your dad's house, and we, you were playing it, and I was just watching, and I had headphones in. I was listening to, I was listening to this series, and I remember it was like. Then you went to bed, and I just, you know, I, I, it was my turn to play. I got, I got, I just stayed right. up and was yeah. playing, right? And Matt's like, I'm gonna pass out. But I was listening I, I on summer break as a teacher, staying up super late, and I started uh, playing Destiny, no audio on, listening to the audiobook. And I remember the sun started rising. And I was like, I've been listening for like six hours, playing six hours of <laughs> Destiny. And I said, well, McDonald's is open. And I went and got some freaking pancakes and a big breakfast, and I kept right on. And that was one of my I, – I remember sitting in the drive-thru at McDonald's just so such a nerd right and i was like i'm with my friends right rand matt perrin in the drive-thru 
picking up some hotcakes and some syrup. It's so ridiculous. So anyways, I, I have fond memories as well of, of reading the series back in the day. That's great. That's that's so. great. So yeah. So hey, guys, uh, yeah, shoot us emails at um, here the Horn of Valir, right? Mm-hmm. No wait, yeah, the Horn, Horn of, Valir. of Valir on Twitter at gmail.com. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. I always think it's Heroes of the Horn at gmail.com, but it's not. It's right. the Horn of Valir. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was ta- Heroes of the Horn. It was, was taken, taken apparently. Yeah. By who? By who? Who's I have got no. It? Who's holding that? By the light. By the I got the <laughs> heads will roll if I ever find I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Who's got it? I want it. So anywho, guys, yeah. So shoot us emails at horn of the valier at gmail.com or on Twitter, or Facebook. We have a Facebook group. You can leave us comments, check out our YouTube page. Um, and we'll do our best to uh talk about any anything you guys want us to talk about. Over on our Game of Thrones podcast, somebody said, Hey, could you guys just talk about this character? Mm-hmm. We just did as we did like two hours yesterday. Yes. On just one character. So awesome. we'll absolutely make YouTube videos and put in segments of the show, even if it's just like, hey, like, I just want to hear your guys' thoughts so far on a certain character. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Also, um, after this, we're going to follow up with the extended edition. And then after that, I also will have the spoiler edition uh, out there as well for some characters that were covered today. The way I'm kind of doing this is as we encounter characters and I scratch my head and say, hmm, what happened in, in their arc? Uh, where have what have we where have we seen them before and then where are they going? So that is again total spoiler uh, all the way to a memory of light, just depending on how far I want to go or, or or where I get to. So those are just off the cuff again, informal. If you have somebody you want me to talk about, let me know because while the mic is hot, I just roll with it and just keep talking because it's nice when the the names, the locations are fresh in my mind and I'm bouncing between literally a, a galaxy far, far away. And we also do Game West of Thrones and, and Randland. Randland. Yeah. And sometimes I'm in the Shire. It's freaking crazy. So it's crazy. It's great. It. It's great. I love it. But it's just like, yeah, it's a lot. Absolutely. So. All right, guys. Well, hey, with that, we want to thank you for answering the call. In our next episode, we will be discussing Fires of Heaven chapters 52 through 56 which is the end of the book awesome uh if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us that message slash pigeon at the horn of valir at gmail.com we will see you soon and remember that the grave is no bar to our call You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth. So you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. 
Check out our entire selection of FBP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save